0: Tonight's reading is from Colossians, chapter 4, verses 2 to 18. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances, and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you, They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him, that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea, and to Nympha, and the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Achippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand, remember my chains. Grace be with you. This is God's word.
1: Well, good evening, everyone. My name's Scott. I'm the student minister. This is our very last look um, at the book of, uh, of Colossians that so we'll be looking at all terms. So let me pray uh, as we dive in. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, how we praise you for all the glorious truths that we have seen uh, through this letter over the weeks. And Father, as we, as we take one final look at it, please would you show us more of Christ and more of how we live in light of all that he has done. Uh, we pray in his name. Amen. Well, all of us, in one way or another, want to leave an impact, uh, don't we? we? want to make a difference, leave our mark uh, in the world. I guess the question lots of us are trying to figure out is, how do you do that? How do you do that? Um, lockdown has sort of shrunk our lives down, hasn't it? Um, and it's helped some of us or caused some of us to, to reassess uh, things in our lives. And maybe that's a, a reason why you're tuning in um, at home. Maybe you wouldn't normally uh, come along to church, wouldn't, normally call, wouldn't call yourself a Christian, but are keen uh, to just reassess something, and part of that is is listening in this evening. Well, for all of us, I think um, we're at, we're asking the question: Is what I do really making a difference? Does it matter? And if it doesn't, um, if it isn't making a difference, if it doesn't matter, should I be doing something else? and um, If I'm not a key worker, uh, what am I? And so, as we um, wrap up Colossians uh, this evening, uh, we're going to see that each of us. Can have an impact uh, on this world. Um, no matter our career or our social status, um, we can have an impact that means that each of us essentially are key workers, as we live in this world for Jesus. I mean, you'll remember that these last uh, couple of chapters in Colossians uh, are all shaped by chapter three, verse seventeen, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And we've seen that, that the new life in Christ uh, that we have in him is worked out in all sorts of different relationships. It's worked out in our relationships uh, with others at church. Um, it's worked out, we saw last week, in our families, in our workplaces. And here this evening, uh, we see that it's worked out in our relationship to outsiders, that is those uh, not currently uh, in the church, the world, I guess we might say. To have an impact, Colossians 4 is going to tell us uh, we need to do three things. Um, they're simple things, but uh, they have a massive, massive impact. What do we do? We pray, we live, and we speak. We pray, we live, and we speak. Or more, more tightly to um, the way it'll put it in Colossians to have an impact, we pray devotedly, uh, we live wisely, and we speak saltily. That's not a word, uh, but I couldn't think of another one. Um, so I made one up. We'll come to it. It'll make sense when we get there. Uh, and the purpose of these verses is not to guilt trip us. Um, I don't know about you, but I, sometimes I read verses like this and I think, well, I'm not praying. Uh, I'm not le- living very well. I, I very rarely speak of Jesus. And we sort of feel, yeah, we feel guilty. These aren't meant to guilt trip us and sort of beat us up for all the things we don't do. They're, they're here to, inspire us they're here to say it's simple as it might be if we want to have an impact in this world well we pray we live and we speak so let's dive in Uh, firstly then we pray we pray devotedly verse 2 devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. You want to make a difference? Devote yourselves to prayer. Now, I don't know about you, but, but I think very rarely in my life could my prayer be described as devoted. Um, daydreaming, yes. Um, sporadic, absolutely, but devoted. What, what, what does that mean? What does Paul mean when he says that? Well, we, we say, don't we, that a person is devoted to their family. Um, By which I mean that there's a sort of consistency day after day uh, they're there uh, for their family. There's a constancy. And so in our prayer we're called to be continual, constant, day after day, sticking at it. There's a constancy. There's also an urgency uh, to devotion, isn't there? Um, I've uh, been enjoying recently a podcast, 13 Minutes to the Moon, uh, on the the BBC um, website. The most striking thing about that podcast, it's all about the... um, the Apollo missions and um, back in when was it the 60s uh, to get uh, to get humanity on the moon the most striking thing about the huge number of people that worked uh, on that space program uh, from uh, the astronauts to the engineers mathematicians to the cleaners is that they worked so hard to make it happen and they worked long hours they um, sacrificed things in their personal lives and they worked and worked Uh, to make it happen. They devoted themselves to putting a man on the moon. Why did they do that? Well, they did that because they had a sense that what they were doing really mattered. Devote yourself to prayer. How much more does it really matter when we get down on our knees and pray to the Lord of the universe, the Lord of the universe who works good for his people? as people come to know Christ, we can pray that that would happen each and every day. Just um, imagine the difference it might make if I actually prayed every day for my friends and family uh, to come to know Jesus. Some some of you I know do that, and it is such a wonderful um, example uh, to the rest of us. Pray day in, day out. But Why don't each of us this week uh, off the back of the, these verses commit to praying for just one person uh, just one uh, friend one member of our family who doesn't yet know Jesus pray every day uh, that they might come to know him and God loves to answer uh, prayers like that and that, we've seen that happening even in our church family uh, over lockdown uh, people have come to know uh, new life in Christ so let's pray that would happen How how do you devote yourselves to prayer though? What does it actually look like? And well, two ways Paul gives us. He says being watchful and thankful. And being watchful first. That is, have your eyes open and be alert to what is going on around you so that you can pray um, effectively and wisely. It's easy, isn't it, in lockdown to become really consumed in your own um, struggles and the things you're finding difficult to the point where you never see and the ways in which you could serve others by praying for them. You can pray for your friends or your neighbors, your community, uh, the world in which we live. So again, why not um, this week um, on your, whatever it is, your walk around the block or your um, uh, trip uh, to the shop for essentials, why not um, take out your headphones and look around you, look at the needs of those around you and pray. Pray as you walk. Being watchful and thankful, Paul says. Look for ways that God has answered prayer already. Look for the ways that God has blessed us, you so abundantly, and give thanks for them. And um, Again, it's easy, isn't it, to, to just move on to the next thing. Uh, I never actually stop and see all the blessings that God has given us. As we see those things, uh, as we give thanks for them, it it encourages our hearts to keep asking uh, God to keep praying more and more. And when you meet people um, who are really thankful, um, they're a joy to be around, isn't it? Aren't they? Well, let's be those people. Uh, Let's be more like those people. Why not, again, the next time someone asks you uh, what they can pray uh, for you, how about starting by saying something that you're thankful for? Um, a prayer that God has answered, or some other blessing that you're thankful for uh, in your life. Maybe you're pretty new um, to praying and uh, uh, you're just kind of wondering where to begin. There seems so much you could uh, pray about. Well, here Paul um, calls on the church specifically to pray uh, that the good news of Jesus would be proclaimed. Um, So that's a great place to start. Start there. And Paul asks for prayer, doesn't he, for his missionary team and for himself. And for his missionary team, he asked that, that the church would pray, that they would proclaim the mystery of Christ. And the, the mystery that was once hidden, but has now been revealed um, in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And we can still do that. Um, the Church Prayer Diary, let me commend it to you. It's a brilliant resource for praying for mission partners uh, working uh, all across this country and overseas, uh, and for the ministries uh, going on uh, within, uh, within the church here at CCM, that we can pray for them that they would proclaim Christ. Paul asks us to, to pray for his missionary team um, and then to to pray for him that he would proclaim Christ clearly. And so look, with Christmas services coming up, um, who knows what Christmas services look like uh, people are working really hard behind the scenes to make them happen they will happen one way or the other and so why not pray uh, for those who will speak at uh, those services why not pray that they would proclaim the mystery of Christ and Christ uh, in, in the form of a baby that they would proclaim that clearly out uh, to the glory of God this Christmas and those are bold prayers aren't they as we pray things like that because proclaiming the gospel um, gets you into trouble and Paul says here he's in chains for proclaiming Christ so when you've experienced new life in Christ and when you want your life to have an impact well you pray you pray and pray and pray that's not all Paul says is it we might think um, okay I can pray for the professionals uh, to do a good job and then I can leave them to it um, uh, often, uh, we want that to be true, don't we? We want other people uh, to do the proclaiming. But each of us here are called to pray, live, and speak. Um, so secondly then, uh, what else must we do? If we want to have an impact, will we live wisely? Uh, verse 5. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. To have an impact, Paul says, live wisely. The Bible has lots to say, doesn't it, about, about living rightly in this world, living as a wise person, not as a fool. Um, if you've been tuning into the, the daily Bible readings in the Proverbs, uh, you'll be getting this uh, in your inbox every morning. Um, living wisely is, uh, in Proverbs is about being slow to speak uh, and quick to listen. Uh, it's about taking advice from, from the right people. It's about working hard. And the emphasis uh, here on living wisely is is, is living wisely um, so that others uh, might see how you live. And so it sounds obvious, but how we live really matters. And um, when you live differently uh, to people around you, people notice um, and they ask you about it. And so when your hope in Jesus makes a difference to how you and face illness, or the threat of redundancy, or relationship disappointments? Well, people see it and they ask. So Paul says, live wisely. But just living wisely isn't, isn't enough by itself, is it? And um, Sometimes uh, we can use being wise as an excuse not to speak. Um, you know how it goes I, I, I could say something about Jesus here but maybe I should wait um, until I know the person a little bit better or um, or, or, or wait for a, a chance that's a bit less awkward and we're to make the most Paul says of every opportunity and that, that's the sort of notion of, of, of snap it up um, like a Black Friday bargain um, snap it up like a, like a, a, a Pret subscription. Uh, what, what? You mean I get a month, uh, a month worth of coffee free? I mean, all the caramel lattes, all the chai lattes, all the turmeric chai lattes, I've gone through them all. Um, uh, free for a whole month, I want that. I, that is too good an opportunity to pass by. Well, in the same way, in a much better way, but we want, we want to be the same when it comes to opportunities to speak about Jesus. Or we want to snap them up like that. We don't want to let them just pass. And I, I generally think um, people at CCM are great at this. And one of the real joys of being on the staff team of a church is you get to hear about all the little stories um, that happen uh, week by week. Uh, you get to hear about uh, people reading the Bible uh, with their friends, or doing Christianity explored online and making the most of the opportunity of, uh, of friends having more time uh, than they normally would in the evenings, making the most of the opportunity of, of people being open uh, to discussing those things a little bit more. There's an opportunity and people take it. And I'm always super encouraged to, to hear about students and um, seeking to live distinctively in their halls, in their flats, on their courses. Pretty miserable time to be a student and you basically have to wear a mask 24 seven if you live in halls, apart from in your bedroom. And yet, uh, people working hard to love and serve uh, the other people that they live with, that's making the most of the opportunity. And just imagine for a moment if if all of us lived uh, in a way that commended the gospel to others and took the opportunities that were there in front of us to speak of Jesus. It's not flashy, but it would have such an impact. Colossians calls us to pray, to live, and finally to speak. We speak saltily. Verse 6 Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And this command here is about our conversation. It's it's broader than just um, what we might sort of look for in gospel chats and That that, that we might sort of be waiting for you know It's not just about when your flatmate asks you over breakfast. So why did Jesus die? I mean, it's not just that it's all of our speaking and Two things um, are here meant to characterize all of our speaking and that it's to be full of grace and seasoned with salt full of grace and seasoned with salt is firstly to be full of grace, which I think means um, speaking about the grace of God, speaking about his kindness to us. Um, but it's not just that, it's not just saying that's the only thing you should be speaking about. Um, in the way that you speak, um, are you displaying grace? So are you gracious as you? talk with other colleagues about that one colleague who, who never quite meets expectations are you gracious when you chat about the dispute with your neighbors and with your other neighbor are you gracious about the friend who let you down is, is your speech marked by grace extending grace because people hear that uh, and they notice the difference our conversation is to be full of grace and seasoned with salt. What does seasoned with salt mean? I think it basically just means make um, your conversation interesting, um, lively, colorful. That is, it, it's not just about explaining the gospel in the fewest possible words or with, uh, a, a, with one simple diagram or in the same way every time. Um, salty speech it, it is about how do the truths of Jesus make a difference in different areas uh, of your life? So think of it like this. How, how does knowing um, that you could never earn your way uh, into, uh, into God's kingdom, how does that impact how you approach your work or view ambition? How does knowing that you are loved by God um, affect your view of yourself uh, and other people? How does uh, your hope beyond the grave impact how you live in the midst of a global pandemic? How does an an understanding of God's justice inform your views on racial injustice? See, those are the kind of questions that people are asking. Those are the kind of things that people are interested in. And salty speech is about showing them how the gospel message speaks into those things how the hope of Jesus gives an answer that is much better um, than any of the philosophies or movements or courses that this world can offer. And why are we to do that? Well, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Um, I used to think that verse uh, was just saying, brush um, up on your apologetics questions. Um, you, you know, uh, know an answer to um, why does God allow suffering and is the Bible reliable? Um, I think it probably does include those things. Uh, those might be good things to think about. But, but instead, why not start by thinking about the questions that your friends are actually asking? Um, and, and they don't have to just be the explicitly um, spiritual ones. What are your friends into? What kind of big questions are they asking? And how could you speak about the difference that Jesus makes uh, to those things? How do we make an impact when we pray we live and we speak. And the reason that has such an impact is because it points to new life in Christ. That's what Colossians is, has all been about. New life in the one who devoted himself to prayer. In Jesus, the one who lived wisely and before the watching world. The one who used every opportunity to show through his words and his actions, what it meant uh, to be part of his kingdom. The one who boldly proclaimed repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And as we pray to him, and um, as we live for him, as we speak of him, that has an impact uh, that stretches into eternity. You might be thinking, look, this is just, uh, this is, you know, this is some unrealistic, impossible dream. But notice what Paul does next. He can already see how Christians are having an impact uh, on their world as they pray, as they live, as they speak. Um, and so as he brings this letter to a close, he, he, he finishes by naming some of those individuals. And um, Morris did a great job of, of reeling them off. Uh, we don't have time uh, to look at them. Um, but the people that Paul mentions I uh, just know how they come from all walks of life. And there's a former slave, there's a doctor, and there are Jews, there are Gentiles, there's rich, there's poor. This, this impact, this way of life is, is not for some elite. You know, what links these people is, is they have found new life in Christ. And they are having an impact on those around them as they pray, as they live, as they speak for Jesus. And so uh, let me simply encourage you um, as we close that this is happening uh, among us. One thing uh, we really miss um, by not getting together um, through this month is hearing about all the, the ways that individuals are having an impact. Sometimes things that just seem small to one person, but when you put them all together, you think, what an impact this is having on those around us. And there are examples like this um, in every small group. And so be encouraged when you see someone um, praying hard for their colleagues, for their friends, for their family, and be encouraged when you see someone making wise decisions um, and taking opportunities to speak of Jesus. And as you see that in others, Well, let it encourage you to keep going yourself. To keep praying, living, speaking. And look for the impact uh, that it has on those around you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we praise you that as those who have been bought by Jesus' blood and given new life in Christ, we are able to, to make a difference, to have an impact. Father, please give us boldness, courage to pray, to live, and to speak for Christ. Father, that in the way that we live our lives, we might point others to him and make the most of every opportunity to speak of uh, of the wonder of the glory of new life in Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.